From Newscast Studio, the trade publication for television creative professionals, this is the Production Music Podcast, and I'm your host, Dak Dillon. Growing up in the 90s, I wasn't able to experience the pride and passion of Hello, a catchy song that swept over 120 cities around the globe. Now, this wasn't a pop song, like you might hear on the radio. It was an image campaign. In fact, it was the most successful in television history, branding stations and newscasts from Milwaukee to Perth, from Toowoomba to Tulsa, from Phoenix to Calgary, where it even became the official town anthem. Image campaigns are nothing new in advertising. They're catchy jingles that television stations, networks, and brands use to remind viewers who they are and what they stand for. For local newscasts, image campaigns are all about community, coverage, and commitment. For me personally, it was all about the world at home, a small image campaign that KOMU 8 News used in Columbia, Missouri. But long before there was the world at home, before there was Hello, there was Utopia, Lullaby of Love, and Princess, all of which hit the U.S. Top 40 Billboard charts in the early 1960s from an artist by the name of Frank Gehry. Frank performed his songs for the nation on shows like The Merv Griffin Show and American Bandstand, but then his life took him down a different path. This is the News Leader, Channel 7 Eyewitness News, with Bill Buten. From WBBM-TV, this is Chicago's News, 2 News at 6. Channel 4, KMOV-TV, St. Louis. Now, the news with Julius Hunter. In today's production music podcast, we have a conversation with Frank Gehry, who's enjoying retirement after a career spanning many decades of composing some of the most well-known news music and image campaigns on the planet. You may not know them by name, but you've likely heard them on your local television station or on national shows and networks, such as ABC's Good Morning America, CBS This Morning, and even HBO. This episode of the Production Music Podcast is brought to you in part by Avid. Expand your possibilities and be ready for your next big move. Join us at this year's Avid Connect event, April 22nd and 23rd in Las Vegas. Now in its fourth year, Avid Connect is the largest gathering of media professionals in the world. It's where you experience the cutting edge and are part of something bigger. Meet industry leaders and network with collaborators. Test new ideas and strengthen skills. Use the power of your participation to expand the possibilities for ourselves and for our industry. Listeners of this podcast receive $100 off the current registration rate with the promo NCAST. That's the letter N followed by CAST. The event is expected to sell out again this year, so register now at avidconnect2017.com to avoid disappointment, and we'll see you there. So, Frank, how did you get into music in the first place? Yeah. Well, at the start of it all, um, I was born in New York City in uh, 1944. My mother uh, was a classical pianist. There was music playing in the house all day long. Uh, my father was a barber and a guitar player, and my sister was a prima ballerina, a wonderful, wonderful dancer. 
and uh, I, will, you know, I was blessed with somewhat of a decent voice. Um, in 1959, you know, while I was still in high school, I started my own band, and we called it Flat Top Frank and the Cool Cats, because my dad, being a barber, gave me a flat top hairdo. Anyway, my father actually, actually my father invented the flat top. In those days, it was a very popular haircut. Anyway, fast forward, you know, the band, uh, I formed a band, and this band broke up after a while, and I decided to, to uh, go it on my own. Um, I really had this burning desire to become a professional rock and roll singer. So with my demo recording in hand, I started making the rounds to the record companies to see if I could get, uh, see if I could get a record contract. Sure enough, I was standing in front of the famous Brill Building, uh, which is on 49th Street in Broadway, uh, with my white buck shoes and my white sweater. You know, I really looked the part. Um, by the way, the Brill Building was the home of the you know most successful record companies at the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a record producer came up to me and said, you know, boy, you've really got the look. Can you sing? And I said, you bet I can. So I auditioned for him. He liked what he heard and produced a record with me called Little Girl, which turned out to be a flop. But uh, it was my second record, you know, that really got things going. The song was called uh, Utopia. After performing the record for about six months, doing disc jockey record hops, radio interviews, and um, local TV shows, the record really took off and eventually made it to the top 40 national billboard charts. I then found myself performing at, you know, larger venues and I worked at the prestigious Empire Room of the Waldorf Story with the famous band leader Woody Herman. I did national road tours and lots of personal appearances on the uh, Dick Clark American Bandstand show. My follow-up records uh, to Utopia, uh, Lullaby of Love, Princess, and Beach Ball also became quite successful and made it into the Billboard Top 40 charts. Uh, this was all happening during the early 60s. You know, man, it was, you know, really, this was really heady stuff for a boy still in his teens, you know? Describe what it felt like being able to perform on those shows like American Bandstand and Merv Griffin, those shows that were the icons of the 60s. It was great. I mean, I had, you know, as, as, as a younger, before my record career, I was watching the Dick Clark, uh, the, uh, Dick show and the Dick Clark show and, you know, and seeing, seeing the dancers and saying, oh, boy, I really would love to, you know, I'm, I know that I can do that. I know I can make it. And, uh, uh, it was, you know, extremely exciting. Dick was a fabulous guy. Uh, I did the show about three or four times. It was from Philadelphia, you know, which was a short hop from New York City. And um, as I said, Dick was great. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, it was just a, a lot of fun and definitely the hot ticket, uh, the hot show at that particular time. So now you're in Cleveland. How do you come into the world of news music and jingles? I got a call from the general manager and uh, creative service director at Channel 5, which was the ABC station in Cleveland. And um, uh, they asked, they said, hey, you know, <clears throat> you write all of these, you know, catchy jingles for advertisers. Would you consider writing, you know, one for our television station to promote our news, uh, our news anchor team? And I said, sure, you know, I'll give it a shot. And I created a song called Catch 5, with my partner at the time, Lee Bush, and my very talented friend, Marty Winston. Near and far to get the feel of life, you'll find the world's at hand. You've got to catch five. Each 
It became a huge success and actually was the first TV image campaign of its kind in broadcasting. Uh, the popularity of the song um, prompted the head of Channel 5 News to commission me to create a news instrumental package utilizing the, the theme of the Catch 5 jingle. You know, I remember the only thing I had to go on uh, for inspiration was a storyboard and a sketch of a new graphic they were getting ready to do. Uh, the original news package, let's see, consisted of, I don't know, about, I think, 12 recordings in different styles. Uh, one of them was used for the main Channel 5 News open theme and uh, the other arrangements for various other segments in the program, like sports, weather, and traffic. Uh, by the way, this is funny. By the way, in those days, there were only three TV station networks, the ABC, NBC, and CBS networks. Channel 5 was the ABC station, and it was third in the ratings. And because of the popularity of the Catch 5 campaign, it shot to number one in the ratings. Shortly after... Uh, its success, I received a call from the former number one NBC station asking if we would write an image song and news package for them, and we did, and it became successful. And uh, also, this is funny, as luck would have it, I received a call from the CBS station asking for the same, and lo and behold, you know, there I was doing all of the three networks, ABC, NBC, and CBS. You know, while these themes were gaining popularity uh, in the industry, I remember getting a call from... Uh, the news director at WABC in New York, and uh, they were using a cut of music off of a record album, you know, as their eyewitness mm -hmm. news theme. You know, the song uh, on the album was from the hit movie Cool Hand Luke, you know, because the recording was a really poor quality and very scratchy. Uh, they asked if I would do a fresh new version with a large orchestra, you know, which we did. And that version, along with hundreds, I mean, if not thousands of versions we've done over the years, is still the number one news theme in broadcasting and still being used by most of the ABC stations uh, across the country to promote the eyewitness news theme. So that's how we kind of got into the news business. It seems like at about this time in the 70s, there was a large shift starting to happen because before, a lot of the broadcasters used movie music. Uh, and these random cuts, uh, and there were a few others like Al Ham and things like that. Uh, then you kind of came onto the scene and showed them that they could have packages with more options, more directions, and something a little more fresh. Yeah, I mean, it was that, that's true. I mean, they were using basically needle drops, you know, and as you said, record cuts, uh, you know, as their main news open. And, you know, they really didn't, uh, they really didn't have that unique identity that I think that... Uh, uh, when we started, you know, creating original music for them, that you know, that, that started to create a, uh, you know, a, a definite image. I mean, when you were in the other room, you heard this music playing, and you said, "Oh, yeah, there's, that's the eyewitness news thing. We got the eyewitness news is on. We got to go check out the news." Throughout your career, what do you think set your news music and jingles apart? Uh, what gave them their distinct sound and hook? Uh, you know, I I think the main difference you know, is the melodic, uh, catchy and, you know, memorable, memorable melodies of our themes. Um, our orchestrations uh, are rich and full. Uh, we use the best, absolute best arrangers and mus musicians on the planet. Uh, we recorded at the best studios 
working with the best engineers that really really know how to get the best sound out of a live orchestra, which really seems to be a lost art these days. I mean, mm -hmm. most of the music you hear on the air today is done electronically with very, very few real musicians, if any. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you, you can't beat the real thing. However, you know, because of shrinking budgets, uh, the trend of news music seems to, these days, seems to be going away from larger real sessions to doing most everything electronically. I mean, you know, let's face it, instead of hiring a real orchestra, it's less expensive. Um, I've really been blessed uh, over the years to work with, you know, the very best professionals when it comes to creating uh, our packages. It seems like today music is going in a vastly different direction than, say, the 80s or 90s, when it was really aggressive and in-your-face and just full of energy. Today it's a little softer in nature, it's a little more uh, melodic. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the, the news themes of, <coughs> of the past that we uh, started to create, you know, really had a main theme. And the main theme uh, was, uh, it was, as I said, was the identifiable element uh, to the program. Also, the news opens uh, years ago, you know, were longer. We had a little time to have some development. I mean, they were maybe 10, 12, 15, 20 seconds long. Uh, nowadays, they want to get in right away, real fast. So you're talking about, at best, maybe three seconds, maybe five seconds, and they're into the show. So it's, it's very difficult to, you know, establish a, a mood feeling. So, you know, what's happening today is, um, uh, you know, they're just, they're using, you know, a, a kind of a placemat, if you will. And the main uh, main thrust is, you know, the breaking news story. So they want to get to it right away, and they're not uh, they're not spending too much time with uh, with creating a theme, or or, or uh, devoting time to creating a theme. So looking back at your career, what would you say your favorite package was that you worked on? Well, I'd say the uh, you know a, a couple. I'd say the eyewitness news theme. Uh, you know, certainly uh, was was up there among my favorite. Also, the uh, CBS Enforcer, the CBS News theme. I think it's one of the strongest themes in broadcasting. And that's used by you know most of the CBS uh, uh, stations across the country as well as the hello theme, as well as, you know, so many others that we did. Speaking of hello, talk a little bit about what inspired this theme. It's still amazing to this day how many markets have used it and how many different versions there are of it. Um, that was interesting. I, I received a phone call uh, from my dear friend Jerry Smith. Uh, Jerry is the president of uh, Jerry Smith Film and Television and is really a master when it comes to film and creative ideas. And uh, he was re getting ready to do an image campaign for uh, Channel 12 in Milwaukee, WISN. And he asked me to compose a love song, <laughs> a love song to the city of Milwaukee, to support the image campaign as, you know, as 
part of the efforts of the station to reestablish themselves positively in the community. Um, it was just, you know, it was just one of those magical, creative moments. Sat down at the piano and started working on a melody. Uh, the lyrics started falling in place, and before you know it, Hello Milwaukee uh, was born. It's got a very catchy theme, and it's kind of a homespun simplicity, if you will, you know, that made it an instant, instant success among the viewers. It raised awareness, and I know that it raised awareness for the station, in fact, raised ratings in every market that it aired. Uh, as you said, you know, Hello you know, wound up being the most successful image campaign in history, and to date, you know, it's been in, you know, well over 100 markets in the U.S. alone, and, and uh, quite a few markets worldwide. Um, I also had the opportunity to work with many major recording artists. Donnie, Marie, and the Osmond family sang a version of Hello, Utah. Uh, George Jones sang Hello, South Texas. Florence Warner performed, it with, performed Hello with the Nashville Symphony Orchestra. And uh, also Michael Bolton did Hello, Atlanta. You know, I, I think the reason, you know, that it worked so well, uh, you know, was that it embraced... Um, you know, a very simple greeting, a word, hello. Hello, Dayton. Hello, Dayton. TV2 loves you. Hello, Phoenix. Hello, Arizona. Hello, Utah. Hello, Rochester. Hello, Wichita. Hello, Pittsburgh. Hello, got a universal commonality, you know, no matter what language you speak. You know, it allowed, oh, it allowed the stations, you know, to identify with the community and the community to identify with the stations. It made a very simple and powerful promise. Makes no difference where I go. You're the best hometown I know. You know, and, and television conveyed that message. Common goal, people working together, broadcasters in the community saying to each other, we're proud you know, to call this place our home. Now, a lot of people don't realize that's actually you singing on the original Hello. How many different versions do you think you actually sang the vocals on? Yeah, I was the I was the original singer uh, of the Hello campaign that we did for Milwaukee. And I wound up doing it, you know, it, you know, maybe for, oh, 30 or 40 of the cities that went with the campaign. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I was working with a fabulous female singer by the name of Florence Warner and uh, used, started using Florence Warner to do a female version of it. And her version was really, you know, head, head and shoulders above mine and, and uh, really kind of, uh, you know, made the song uh, as popular as it became. She had this wonderful way of delivering a lyric and, and melody that... Uh, that was really outstanding. It seems like there were a lot of towns, say Calgary, that really took the song home and tried to make it into more than just an image campaign, almost like it was a town anthem. If, you, if you're taking a cab ride and you ask the cabbie about 
uh, Hello Calgary, I mean, he'll start singing it to you. It really became their national, their anthem. And uh, I believe that, uh, you know, Calgary uh, was uh, the city that really used the campaign the best. They, they used it everywhere. There's a feeling in the air that you can't get anywhere except in Calgary. I taste a thousand yesterdays and I love the magic ways of Calgary. From the mountains. Uh, Calgary's known for their yearly Calgary stampede. And, um, you know, at night, I mean, they had hundreds of thousands of people that would come there for the stampede. And at night, they would have this huge performance with performers, dancers, singers, musicians. And I remember they had, you know, probably, oh, I don't know, a hundred dancers and singers on stage singing to an audience of about 50,000, singing Hello Calgary and dancing. I mean, it was fantastic. They had billboards everywhere. And um, they also did a, a very, very special uh, thing. They, they, uh, they got these two semi-trucks and filled the trucks with um, medical equipment. And the trucks drove around to communities and neighborhoods where people couldn't uh, get to go to a hospital. And um, sure enough, on the side of the truck, it said, Hello, Calgary. You know, so they were really promoting it. They also, uh, uh, they also made Hello, Calgary pins. Calgary seems to be, pins seem to be very popular in Calgary. Mm -hmm. And um, they sold these pins for, I think it was a dollar a piece at all of the checkout counters. Uh, and with all the money, I think they raised a million dollars or so, if not more. With all the money they raised, they gave they gave to charity. And uh, they just did a fantastic job. We did a country version for them. Uh, you know, we did so many versions. And as well, you know, the Hello News package was, uh, you know, was also created uh, utilizing the melody of the uh, of the Hello song and. And they were using that as well, and that was successful. So it was a, you know, they really embraced the community. The community of Cal Calgary was building up from, from a small town to a very sophisticated, uh, very sophisticated city. Um, I remember when I flew into Calgary, they greeted. They were greeting all the passengers. Uh, we were going to the Calgary Stampede, and they, they were greeting all the passengers uh, in the airport with a band singing Hello Calgary, and they were giving out Hello Calgary cowboy hats. I mean, they really, really did a number on it. So besides the Hello campaign, what are some of your other favorites? Well, the next campaign that we did that was is really a favorite of mine, and again, I was the lead, the male singer uh, on the first version, was Stand Up and Tell Them You're from Detroit. Um, I get a call again from Jerry Smith, who was again doing a image campaign, getting ready to do an image campaign for WXYZ in Detroit, and um, saying that the, the city was really going through very, very difficult times, and wanted to uh, wanted to try to turn things around and create an image campaign that got people to you know not take things so serious. This is a great town. Um, you know, we're going to turn things around. It was, it was really down, you know, down on itself. I mean, about 2,000 people had lost their jobs on the assembly line. They didn't know, you know, if they were going to make it, they would pay their mortgages, feed their families. And this image campaign was just, uh, 
uh, you know, it was just the ticket. And again, uh, Channel 7, XYZ in, in Detroit really did a great job promoting it. On the right track now, stand up and tell them you're from Detroit. We build it better, right here in Detroit. Working together, we're making it in Detroit. It's time to shout it, no doubt about it. Stand up and tell them you're from Detroit. You've got the spirit, tell them you're from Detroit. Come on, let's go. We wound up doing many versions. It lasted, oh, they ran it uh, pretty aggressively for about the first five years. And, um, uh, you know, it became, uh, it became the anthem, if you will, of, uh, of Detroit at that time. And this leads to today, where we have something like This Is Home, which is part of your collection that's now at Warner Chapel Production Music, that has over 12 different versions and is being used uh, at many stations. This is home, this is home This is where my heart lives, this is home Let's go! It's a big world, and now we're loving this town It's our turn, so put your hands up This is home! Yeah, the, um, you know, the, the image campaign um, for quite a while, uh, for quite a few years, kind of, you know, uh, was sitting on the shelf. Stations were not doing it. They were not. Uh, uh, they were not putting out image campaigns. They were basically really uh, developing uh, their news product, their news programs, and they weren't. Uh, they weren't eating up their airtime with image campaigns, and they kind of, you know, as I said, sat on the shelf for quite a few years. So, get this idea that, um, you know, I want to bring this image campaign back. I really think that it still has legs and created a song called This Is Home with two very dear friends of mine, Martin Briley and Dana Kalitri, and um, who are also the original singers on the original version of the piece. And we presented it to the Gannett group of stations. Uh, they absolutely loved it. And we wound up doing, uh, I think initially we wound up doing the one version, then it kind of led into... I don't know. I think we have 12 or more versions going now to, you know, to, for the, to, so they could use for uh, different mm-hmm. situations. Um, became, you know, hugely successful again among the among the uh, communities. Uh, I think they ran in about maybe 60 or 70 uh, communities, and um, so uh, it, you know, again, it just tugged at the heartstrings of the of the people in the communities, telling them that this is a great place to live and uh, tapped into that civic pride. The This Is Home for Gannett kind of, uh, you know, kind of brought it, brought it forward again. Um, I really think that, you know, 
more than more than ever, uh, America and Americans, as I said, yearn for the civic, the civic pride. I mean, you see it everywhere. They, you know, the cities are the restoration of cities, and uh, the the communities, you know, all across the country show. You know, the people are proud of where they're from and and uh, and the lives that they've chosen to lead. Um, you know, with the other, you know, with the Hello campaign and. You know, other campaigns like it. I mean, TV stations can really associate themselves with you know the proud people and tap into the positive energy that I think that you know is going on. Uh, never before, by the way, never before in the history of advertising, uh, you know, are so many advertisers uh, and their clients, you know, using music from the 70s and 80s to promote their products. I mean, you hear it everywhere. Successful image campaigns are the ones that. You know they have the the right message and the right emotional message, and um, by the way, research uh, shows that you know with the tremendous boom of information outlets, you know stations uh, that are successfully able to transmit a community image, you know, will be the stations that will have local news viewers. And let's face it, I mean, news is a television station's most important business. The very key elements and components uh, that made Hello a huge success in the 80s, you know, will make it a huge success today. So I think image campaigns are coming back, and uh, I'm glad to see it. Do you think an updated version of Hello will ever reappear on the airwaves in Calgary or anywhere else? Oh, that would be great. That would be great, you know, or, you know, what's the next uh, Hello? What's the next campaign, you know? Uh, But... I'd love to be doing some more hello versions. I think there's a, 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 a lot, a lot of potential still, uh, still there. So. so your work on image campaigns wasn't just at the local level. You did a lot of work at the national level too for ABC, HBO. Talk a little bit about that work. You know, the image campaign isn't uh, exclusively uh, wasn't being exclusively done for the uh, for the local uh, television stations. The networks were also doing image campaigns. Uh, of a different kind, but uh, they definitely were uh, an image. And uh, what they were doing was they were promoting uh, the brand new shows that were coming up. And every September, uh, they would kick it off with a with a with a great image campaign. And and we did uh, oh, I think we did five years in a row for uh, for the ABC network. Starting in uh, 1981, with uh, "Now is the time, ABC is the place," that was their theme uh, to kick off their uh, 1981 uh, and the 1982 season, and uh, it was great. It was we had a, the opportunity to write a longer piece. They wanted at least a two and a half minute song, and uh, then they extracted and we extracted out of it, you know, the 60s and the 30s that became the workhorse pieces. But uh, the main the main piece was always about two and a half minutes long. An interesting story on the first campaign, uh, I was working for Channel 5 in Cleveland, the ABC, uh, w, uh, uh, WEWS in Cleveland, and um, they were just they were talking about uh, how the network was getting ready to choose the, uh, the song for the 1981 campaign. And I said, oh, God, I wish we would have had a chance to, you know, throw our hat in the arena and uh, 
I said, who's in charge? And they said that uh, it was Harry Marks who was doing uh, all of the animation uh, for the ABC network, and he was in charge of the, the, the image campaign. So, but they were choosing the song on, on Monday, and this was a Friday. And um, I said, oh, God, can, I, can I get in touch with him? They, anyway, they gave me his number, and I called Harry, and I said, Harry, uh, uh, you know, I sure would love to uh, a shot at, at sending in a demo at least. And um, he said, oh, it's too late. You know, we're, we're choosing it on Monday. And I said, well, what's the slogan? And he said, now is the time, ABC is the place. And uh, so anyway, I immediately got off the phone, started writing, uh, and uh, called my writing buddy, uh, Artie Shrek, and wrote uh, this demo, now is the time, ABC is the place. Went into uh, the recording studio on Saturday and worked literally until about, oh, I don't know, from about 6 o'clock at night till 4 in the morning putting this demo together. And it turned out absolutely fantastic. Uh, sent it in uh, overnight uh, courier and uh, got a call back on Monday. And they were, Harry was just uh, Harry Marks was just absolutely absolutely flipped over it. And uh, it wound up uh, uh, getting the piece that, uh, being the piece that they ch- chose to use. And uh, that was the start of a five year run of ABC image campaigns that I did for the network. I did quite a few for HBO. Uh, you know, one that really sticks out is the uh, 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 Bring It Home Tonight was their slogan, Bring It Home Tonight. And we used uh, Valerie Simpson uh, from Ashford and Simpson and, uh, as, the, as the soloist. And it was a, that was a big fall image campaign hit. We also did, we also did some things for, uh, for NBC, uh, The Place to Be. And uh, so we've, we've done quite a bit of uh, uh, network image campaign. Looking back, uh, there was a time in some of these markets where Fox, NBC, CBS, ABC, they were all using Gary Music. What does that mean from a branding standpoint and from your career? Yeah, we've been blessed to, uh, you know, in many cities do all three uh, of the stations, ABC, NBC, and CBS. Uh, and they're all quite different and unique, and we try to keep it that way. So you're enjoying retirement. Uh, so what's your next act? I'm not quite sure. You know, I'm sure that music uh, will definitely be, uh, you know, in the, in the picture. Uh, well, Frank, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Is there anything else you'd like to add? You know, let's, let's, I just wish we could get back to 
utilizing real musicians and the budgets warrant and warranted the, the use of real live musicians. As I said, I mean, you can't beat the real thing. I mean, there's, there's a sound, there's a richness to a, to a live orchestra and, and a real recording studio nowadays. Uh, as we said, as we talked about, the music is done electronically, uh, out of a, uh, you know, not necessarily a sophisticated recording studio. In many cases, it's, uh, you know, done uh, in the backyard uh, studio, um, you know, and the, the quality suffers. I think that the electronic uh, sound is uh, has a very thin, uh, strident, edgy feel to it, uh, as opposed to the rich sounds of the of the real musicians. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Production Music Podcast. I've been your host, Dak Dillon, Managing Editor of Newscast Studio. You can always follow us on Twitter at Newscast Studio and at Dak Dillon. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Production Music Podcast, where we review the latest releases in music, talk with some of the creators, and go behind the scenes on what's coming down the pipeline. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and of course, on our website at newscaststudio.com podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, we encourage you to rate us and leave a review. Thanks, and have a great day. Today's production music podcast has been made possible by the folks at Avid. For more information, visit avidconnect2017.com. The production music podcast is copyright Newscast Studio 2017, all rights reserved. For more information, visit newscaststudio.com.